First Kings chapter 19, verse number one, the Bible said, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, by tomorrow about this time. Everybody say about this time. Notice with me verse 3. The Bible did not say when Elijah heard this, but the Bible says when he saw that. The messenger came threatening Elijah that Elijah was going to be killed like he killed the false prophets. But the Bible doesn't say that when he heard that. The Bible says when he saw that, those messages that that messenger gave to him, all of a sudden, those thoughts became words and the words became pictures and those pictures was about to write destiny in a man of God's life. And the Bible says when he saw that, he rose up he went for his life. He was scared to death because the message he got from hell became a movie in his mind. He gets up, he runs from his life, and uh, he goes to Beersheba, belonged to Judah. He left his servant there. He himself went a day's journey into wilderness. What did she say? By this time tomorrow. He has made a day's journey. He is outside the timeline of her threat and her agenda that's saying she's going to kill him. And he's still running for his life. The devil's going to have a bad night tonight. He said, he said that he, he requested he would die. And he said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than my father's. All because a message that he got from Jezebel became a movie in his mind. I preach tonight from this thought, movies of the mind. Movies of the mind. Amen. God bless you. If you help me preach, you may be seated in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> the Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 17, Obey them that have the rule over you. I'm so glad that Jesus loves us enough to give us ministry, to teach us, to preach to us, and to help us become everything that we need to become in the kingdom of God. I am of the opinion here tonight that it is very difficult, if not all out impossible, for anyone to live for God without a man of God in their life. I thought I'd get more amens than that, but that's all right. Amen. I am of the opinion tonight that it is absolutely necessary. It is not up for debate. It is not up to a have a theological debate. It is absolutely clear. And the Bible emphatically declares that God has given gifts to the body and he gave some. He gave us pastors and teachers and evangelists and apostles and prophets for the perfecting of 
of the saints or the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It is uh, worth saying here tonight that no one in this house can be what God wants us to be without ministry in our life. Amen. I'm not necessarily advocating just a preacher. You specifically need a pastor to shepherd you. Amen. I don't just need someone to preach to me. I don't think it's a good idea for you to have a YouTube preacher that you're tuning in weekly and you're saying that that's your man of God. I am of the opinion that it is God's will together together with people of like precious faith. For Hebrews also declared that we were not to forsake Take the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need camaraderie because the blood flows through the body and if the body don't get together, there can be no blood flow. Because there's still power in the blood. There's still life in the blood. We need you and you need me and we are in this together. There are no big eyes and little U's, but there has to be one that is elevated to prominence of apostolic authority. There has to be a shepherd that can look at the sheep and say the sheep is good and clean or the sheep is dirty and defiled. There has to be the eyes of a man of God that can look in your face and say as the prophet said to David thou art the man I need a preacher in my life for how shall they hear without a preacher how shall he preach except he be sent the only preachers we know in scriptures that were sent by God were those that Jesus said sanctify them through thy truth thy word is truth. You need an apostolic man of God in your life to preach you out of sin through the Red Sea of a watery grave in Jesus' name baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost in the promised land. I preach it to someone here tonight. You need a man of God to tell you when you're walking right and when you're walking wrong. When you're talking right when you're talking right and when you're not talking right. I need a man of God in my life. One that will listen and one that will preach. One that will love and one that will correct. One that will encourage and one will let me know that you need to get out of your discouragement. One that has the guts and the gall and the grits to tell you no when he wants to tell you yes. One that's not afraid of the devil of this area one that's not afraid of false doctrine and perversion and promiscuity one that's not afraid to look you in the eye and say that's not allowed somebody thank God for a man of God in your life preacher preach to me 
preacher loved me enough to tell me that I need to come out of my sin. Come on. It was Philip that the eunuch needed a Philip to tell him and bring revelation and understanding. Noah, the world needed Noah, a righteous man that would say and say something's coming that's never come before. He needed a Noah that got a plan and built an ark to the saving of his family. Noah, a preacher of righteousness, even though no one listened, he kept on preaching. There's a flood coming. Destruction is coming. Hey, God didn't call me to be popular. God called me to preach the gospel for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, I feel like preaching in this house here tonight. It was a Cornelius that needed the Simon Peter to tell him what he needed to do. And I'm so glad that God called the prophet Elijah. He called him as a man of God. He was a powerful man of God. His name meant my God is Yahweh. This prophet was a part of so many miracles in the word of the Lord. Israel needed a man like Elijah that wasn't afraid of who they were, how big they were, how much money they had or didn't have. But he needed a man of God to defend the worship of the Lord over the Canaanite deities of Baal and Ashtaroth. He needed somebody to, somebody has to call the fire down. And so God used Elijah to call the fire down. He was so powerful. He prayed and it did not rain for three and a half years. He prayed again and the rain started falling upon the earth, upon a dry, parched ground. He not only did these many feats of miracles, but a raven fed him by the brook. It came in the morning and it came in the evening. It let us know that our God is a God of regularity, that he'll show up when you need it in the morning and he'll show up when you need it in the evening time. And not only did that raven come, it brought him flesh and bread because God is a God of variety. He'll give you what you need and when you need it. And it was the man of God that ate food from the talons of a raven. It was the man of God that told the woman, he told the precious widow woman that thought your son was going to die. He said, make me a cake first and God multiplied the meal and he multiplied the oil and she and he and the prophet did eat many days. Elijah, he saw the resurrection of the widow's son. Elijah, he called the prophecy of Ahab's sons that they all would be destroyed. Elijah, he prophesied that Ahaziah would die and of his illness. Elijah, he called the fire down on the first set of 50 soldiers. Then he called the fire down on the second set of the 50 soldiers. Elijah was there when the Jordan River parted. Elijah was there when the fire fell from heaven. Elijah was there. I preach it to someone today. Elijah was there when he killed 850 
false prophets all by himself at the brook Keshaw. And let me just pause and tell someone right now, there is not enough false doctrine. There is not enough perversion. There is not enough, there's not enough nonsense that can stop you from being a man of God or a woman of God. I don't care the lies that they've told you. I don't care. Come on. Isn't it amazing when you was living like the devil, your family loved you, but now you've come to truth and God sets you free and your family has nothing to do with you. You keep on doing the right thing. You keep on loving God. You keep on being apostolic. You keep loving church. You loving to give. You love to run. You love to dance. You love to worship. You keep on skipping. You keep on leaping. You keep on praying. You keep on working. Because God put you in the kingdom for such a time as this. Don't you dare be ashamed of who you are. You're God's man. You're God's woman. You're a holy people. Elijah, this man of God, this prophet of God, he was anointed, he was gifted, he had it all together, he had it all working together, he was an amazing guy. And one message from Jezebel changed everything. The guy that seen the fire fall the guy that's seen the miraculous, the guy that's seen incredible, amazing things, all of a sudden is running for his life because he got one message that instead of hearing it, he saw it. He pictured himself at the brook Kishon when he was wiping out 850 false prophets with a sword and the reversing of the role switch and Elijah's sitting there and he's seeing a, a Jezebel with the sword in her hand reach over and kill him. And when he got that movie that started playing in his mind, he started believing it. He started believing it. That, oh my goodness, that's going to happen to me. Elijah, do you know who you are? Do you know the power that's in your mouth? Do you understand who you are as a man of God? Elijah, you need to understand. You are a man of God. But instead in our text, we find him running from his life. He's wanting to die. He is scared to death. He is full of fear. He is full of doubt. He is full of worry. He doesn't know what to do. He, you know what he doesn't do? He don't turn to anybody. He don't ask anybody for help. He's fighting this battle all by himself. The man that seen the fire, the man that played in the rain, the man that seen the mill and the oil multiply, the man that seen the Jordan River part, the man that seen all of these miracles that God did in his world through his ministry. Now he's just running. He's running for his life. Why? Because one message from Jezebel, changed his whole entire perception. 
You would have thought, I would somebody could have slipped up to Elijah and said, hey, man of God, all you got to do is tell that messenger to go back to Jezebel and what she said would happen to you is going to happen to her. If he would have spoke something different, it would have changed the atmosphere above him. Instead, that message became a movie in his mind and somehow or another, he kept playing rewind and fast forward, rewind and play again, rewind and play again. He stood up, you need to get out your finger and you need to put the stop button on the movie that's been playing in your mind. Come on, quit seeing yourself committing suicide. Quit seeing yourself living in the world. Quit seeing yourself absent the things of God. Quit entertaining that movie. You need to put up the popcorn and unplug that movie that's playing in your mind because that movie is trying to destroy you and wreck your destiny. But preacher, I don't have a Jezebel in my life. No, you don't. But you have so many social media platforms that that has become the devil's pulpit for you. And come on, it, some people can handle it, but I'm just of the opinion some people can't. Okay? Some people, some people, what should be snacks have become meals, and all those thoughts and all those messages have become movies in your mind. And you have no self-esteem. You have no self-worth. You have no confidence. I'm talking to somebody right now. Your identity is wrapped up in social media world. And the devil's sitting on the, he's sitting by the side laughing because he knows he's got a movie, a perception in your mind that's playing over and over. You feel isolated. You feel alone. You're going to end up, Elijah ends up in a dark cave. He wants to die. He said, am I not better than my father's? Hey. Elijah, you are better than your fathers. There is an anointing on your life. You are gifted by God. You are too powerful to be running. You know what I just seen? I just had a vision of somebody in this house that there's a call of God on your life and you are running from that call. You, come on, you say, well, God's not that desperate. No, but the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And God will put up a lot out of a man to get a little gospel out of him. He'll, he'll put a lot of your stupidity and the nonsense you've done in your past because he loves the people enough. If, you, if you'll preach it, he'll ask you to preach. If you'll say it, He'll ask you to say it. I preach preach it to a man of God right now. Quit running. The call of God. The call of God is reaching you. Everybody. Come here. You're going to follow me. I'm Elijah. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody what I've seen. Somebody in this house is a call of God on your life. And there's destiny. And there's a call that's following you. And it's reaching for me. I want you to reach for me, Asher. Don't touch me, but reach for me. And there's a call of God that's after you. And you're running. You are running from what? If you was to stop Elijah and say, Elijah, why are you running? I don't know. Jezebel said this was going to happen. Elijah, you've already made a day's journey. The threat 
Israel. The threat is over. It's already been 24 hours. She said, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to wipe you out. He had already made a day. I'm preaching to somebody. You've already made a day's journey. The words of Jezebel will fall to the ground. They will not come to pass. They are not truth. They are not life. They are not anointed. It is not from the Lord. It is not from God. God said you're anointed. God said you're gifted. God said you're a man of God. but you, you don't know what I've done. Be seated. You don't know what I messed up. You don't know my past. You don't know my failures. You don't know my weaknesses. God does. And if he was concerned, he's working on you. He'd have never called you if he didn't think you could do it. Moses. Moses. Here I am. You know what got God's attention? Moses was attracted to the supernatural because he seen a bush that was on fire that wasn't burned. And Moses stops and he notices something supernatural and he's attracted to it. And when he comes and he notices that supernatural thing that was happening, it got his attention. And when God said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. Then God told him what he wanted him to do. And then Moses' words went from here am I to I am not. I am not eloquent. I don't have the ability. Then he says, he said, who am I? Who am I? I tell you who you are. You're what God wants. Stay with me, calling. I tell you who you are. You're what God wants. I tell you who you are. It's what God needs. I tell you what you are. It's what God is after. He's after somebody willing. He was willing until God gave the instructions of what he was to do. But thank God that Moses got lined out and he reverted back to the here I am I. And when you revert back to here I am, then God can do great things in your life. There can be a great revival of the children of Israel when Moses makes up his mind. I am I'm the man that God can use and Jezebel will not wipe me out. Lift your hands and worship him right now. Lift your hands and magnify him. I'm not calling you to pulpit ministry. I'm not calling you that's God that does that. But there is a calling of God that's in this house. And you are running, sir. You are in a cave all by yourself. But if you'll come to yourself, I feel the Spirit saying to somebody, get out of your cave. There's a call of God. There's an anointing of God on your life. Elijah, why are you running? Man, I've got this crazy movie that's going on in my mind, and I just can't seem to shake it. I know it's a lie, but I can't get it out of my mind. Be ye transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. Come on, somebody. You need to put on the mind of Christ. You need to start thinking the way Jesus wants you to think. I will be, I will go up and not down. I will be what God wants me to be. Failure. I will not fail. I will not come short. I will not mess up. Come on. You're so scared of messing up. You won't even try. Come on, batter. Give that batter's box and you let the devil give his curveball and you swing your best. If you if you strike out one or two times, get back in that batter's box and swing that bat again because there will be there will be a connection. There will be a connection. There will be a connection. You can be seated. There's young people here that are gifted and anointed and talented. But there is so much stuff on your phone right now. There is so much information going back and forth to your phone that mom and daddy don't know about. I wonder what would happen if I could take every cell phone of every teenager in this room right now and I could play it on that screen what's on your phone. Where you been, the locations you been, who you been texting secretly, privately. Private Snapchat, Instagram DM. Come on, there's the list. Is so There's a plethora of names. I don't even know them all. I can't keep up with all of it. You don't have Jezebel in your life, but the enemy's got a pulpit and he's using every facet. We are not ignorant of his devices, but yet sometimes we act like we're ignorant. Come on. And mamas and daddies, if you don't have some type of protection, I'm not trying to pass to you. Here's what I felt in prayer. This is what spawned this message. I preach it to some mamas and daddies. You ought to love your babies enough to protect them, get filters and control measures because when you gave your little precious 12-year-old a cell phone, you gave them a grenade that at any moment it could go off and explode in their face. Hope it is okay. He can set me down. I can go home right now. Okay. There are pictures. There are pictures. Be seated. There are images that young people can send to each other that are absolutely, you can't even identify what it's saying. But if you take that phone and you put it eye level to the ceiling and look at it just right, you can decode a picture, a picture, a picture that says something specific of what you're wanting them to do. The devil is smarter than you are. He's been doing this a long time. But you know what? We can outsmart him if we use a little wisdom. Wonder, I wonder what, wonder what it'd look like if we just go. Oh, I'm only doing this because I felt this in prayer. Okay, is this all right? Wonder what it'd look like if we broke out every teenager's phone and just pushed play. I wonder how many of you would just be willing to say, "Here's my phone." Go ahead, preacher, I have nothing to hide. I wonder how many would say, hey, mom, I gotta go to the bathroom. Hey, I gotta, I'll see y'all later. Mommy, my tummy's hurting really bad right now. You, 
Oh, I know Jezebel. We don't have a Jezebel. I, I, yeah, I get it. You don't have a physical messenger that's coming and telling you what's going to happen. But if you keep believing that lie of those messages that you're indulging in and receiving and a part of, it'll become a movie in your mind. And before you know it, you'll be running for your life and you don't even know why you're running. You'll be facing things you don't even know why you're facing. You'll say, my God. And, and all of a sudden, you quit loving holiness. You quit loving God. You quit loving worship. You quit reading. Why? Because it's the messenger. It's the lie of the enemy that become a movie in your mind. I wish somebody praised God like you ain't praised him all service. I wish somebody lift him up like you ain't lifting him up all service right now. Somebody give him glory in this house. Run too well because my legs messed up. What are you doing, Elijah? I'm running. What are you doing? Man, I want to die. God of mercy. I'm just miserable. You know why? It's because what you've been entertaining. You don't have joy because you've been entertaining. You don't have any peace in your heart because you've been entertaining things that strip the peace out of your heart. You are so numb because Jezebel's message is playing so loud and the voice of the Spirit has been cranked way down. But if somehow or another we can turn off the movie of Jezebel and hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, if somehow or another, come on, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Young people, three out of the four groups of people in the last day mention you. Young men, you're supposed to see not what Jezebel's saying, but you're supposed to have visions from God and dreams from God and prophecies in your mouth. You're made to see. You're made to understand, but not running not suicidal, not depressive, not getting a mess in your life, not running from everything that is good. Now, he runs. I'm just going to run away when I turn 18. I'm just leaving home. I'm out of here. Since when is 18 a magical number? It's just six times three. It's just nine times two. It's just nine plus nine. It don't make you anything different. It's just a day on a calendar that you turn 18. You better make up your mind. I will not run from the things of God. I'm not looking... There's a teenager in this room. Your eyes are fixed on the exit. You're just waiting for your opportunity. You're just waiting for your chance. Man, 18's coming. Hey, I know what I felt in prayer. I'm trying to help somebody right now. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to save somebody from a train wreck. I'm trying to save you from an unwed pregnancy. I'm trying to save you from a drunken stupor. I'm trying to save you from a train wreck and a car wreck. I'm trying to tra I'm trying to save you from a perverted lifestyle. I'm trying to get your eyes off the exit. 
I'm looking for a way out. I'm after somebody tonight and you're looking for a way in. You want to get closer to God. You want to get nearer to God. Somebody's going to wake up and realize I've been in this cave too long. I've been a mess too long. I'm coming up and I'm coming out and I'm going into what God has designed for me. You got your boot on tonight. I'm not going to have you help me. I need somebody to help me. Sir, my basket lady's husband, she made me a wonderful basket. Would you, would you mind helping me? I don't know if you're willing or not. Let me get somebody else. Here, are you willing to help me? Would you go to that door right there and just knock on it for me? Would you just knock on it? Thank you for helping me. If I've embarrassed you, please forgive me. She can take the snacks out next time. <laughs> go ahead, will you just knock on that door? Knock on the glass so we can hear it a little bit better. Just don't break it. Go ahead, keep knocking. Just keep knocking. If, is that hurt your hand? He's strong. You, you can take your shoe off and use it if you need to. I just want you to keep knocking. <laughs> Am I embarrassing you, man? I'm so sorry. Would you go ahead and just keep knocking? You know what that is? That's depression trying to get in somebody's life. You hear that? That's depression trying to get in somebody's life. That's the messenger that's at the door. Guess what? You don't have to answer the door. You don't have to open the door. You can keep that portal totally closed. <laughs> sir, thank you. You're, you've been a great help. I hope your wife cooks good for you tonight. Hey, sir, will you knock on that glass right there? There you go. Yeah, you're good. What's that sound? Go ahead. Knock for me. Pornography. Yep, that's what it is. Go ahead and knock for me. Do you know that our generation doesn't have to look for it? It's looking for them. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Knock, knock. It's relentless. It don't stop. You're stopping. Pornography won't stop. It doesn't stop till it grabs people by the throat and sucks the life out of them. It gives them false professions of the, it gives them false impressions of the sanctity of marriage and it wrecks people's world and it's knocking at our generation. And where is the parent that'll stand at the door and Katie bar the door and say, give me your devices so we can protect you. You precious young people, you ought to thank God for a mom and daddy that loves you enough to say, I need some restraint here. I need some control of your screen time. Pornography says your parents are mean. If they trusted you, you're a Holy Ghost-filled person. You would have no constraints on your cell phone. I've got a nephew that he living, my, my sister's out of church, my family's out of church, and my nephew, he's 15 years old. He's trying to live for God. And he come back from NAYC fired up. Man, he was so excited. And I got him in a prayer room, and I felt the Holy Ghost move on me. I went to him. I said, Bryson, you really want to live for God? He said, yep, I really want to live for God. I said, 
said, give me all of your accounts, all of your social media accounts, and all of their passwords. And we're going to see if you really want to live for God. He come to me in that service with the list of all of them. He gave my wife full, complete control over his cell phone. Listen, TikTok is not your friend. Instagram DM don't like you. If you can't control it and it's wrecking your world, you don't need it. You need to lay aside every weight of sin that does so easily beset us and run this race with patience. I'm trying to hurry. Mamas and daddies, please, there's a movie in the mind. We've got to cut some stuff off tonight. Numbers, give me the verse in Numbers, the book of Numbers. This is what we need to do. Then ye shall drive out. Pornography's knocking. Depression's knocking. Fear is knocking. The past is knocking. It's knocking. It's knocking. Here's the problem. You know the difference between possession and oppression? Oppression is when you hang around somebody that's doing stuff they shouldn't, when you leave, you start seeing yourself doing what they've been doing. It's an oppressive spirit. If you're around somebody that drinks all the time and you don't drink, when you get around them, you start seeing yourself drinking. Because that's an oppressive spirit that's oppressing you. You walk around and you think, my God, I'm not, I've never drunk in my life, but I've seen myself in a bar. And that spirit plays movies in your mind, and then you start thinking you've got a problem, and so you just go do it. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody right now. That's why some friends that you go around, when you leave the friendship, you have dirty thoughts. You deal with things, things maybe addictions in your past that you used to do years ago and you get around them and it brings these emotions back up and these feelings back up because that spirit is oppressing you. You're not possessed. You're fighting a war. You're fighting a war. You're warring in the spirit because those spirits, they're trying to get a toehold on you because they want to they wanna destroy you. That's why there's some folks who can't go around. It's not that you're better than them, but that God God's plan is bigger than them. So you got to make up your mind. I'm not going down that road anymore. My God, if you don't want to drink, quit going to the bar. If you don't want to do the drugs, quit asking the druggie to come over your house. So he said, you shall drive out the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images. We have a revival tonight because some folks are gonna delete some apps. Some folks are gonna delete some contacts. Come on, you need to... The old computers, it used to be control, alt, delete to reset it. But now we need to put the reset button, but we need to delete some apps and get something. I hope this is okay. I'm trying to stop the movie in your mind. I'm not looking for an exit. I want you to lift your hands all over this building right now. Come on, I want you to lift your voice all over this building right now. What are you wanting to do right now? Why are you here right now? Give me understanding the revelation right now. Let me know. 
Come on, just for a moment longer, reach right now. Would you reach right now in the Holy Ghost? Would you reach right now in the Holy Ghost? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the will of God be done right now. That the will of God be done right now. That the will of God be done right now. That the will of God be done right now. We come to destroy all the pictures. We come to tear down the false idols. We come to let hell know. I'm not playing this anymore. I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm not entertaining that stuff anymore. I'm going to run from the devil like I've been running from Jezebel. I am running away from those things. I am repenting an inward change of heart and an outward change of direction. I'm I'm done. I'm finished. I surrender. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Woo, help us Holy Ghost right now. Casting down imaginations. Casting, we've got to throw them down. We've got to tell them, no devil, not on my watch. I'm not answering that door. 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 I'm casting down every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God I'm bringing it to captivity I'm bringing it to captivity I'm getting I'm gonna get me some handcuffs and I'm gonna handcuff every thought every thought because those thoughts become movies in my mind and when they become movies in my mind it can become destiny for me somebody lift him up right now musicians come Come on back. Somebody lift him up right now. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody worship him right now. I need somebody to lift your voice. I need some young people to search your heart. I need some parents to say, you know what? I'm fixing to destroy some images. I'm fixing to cast down every imagination. Elijah, Elijah, who do you know who you are? Elijah, you're powerful. Elijah, you're anointed. Elijah, you're gifted. Elijah. All over this house, all over this building, I want every eye closed in the building right now. <laughs> mm. We need to search our hearts right now. There's texting that's going on that shouldn't be going on, there's information that's being sent. Secretly, this should not be in sent. There's things that are going on and you come in here so guilty and full of shame that you can't even worship God because every time you try, the devil reminds you of what you've been doing and it's become a movie that's just playing over. Repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. But I come in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ I come as a man of God here tonight to expose the movie that's been playing, but I come to push stop. I've come to push stop. 
We're not going to judge you from this day forward. I've just come to push stop. Not pause so you can replay it. I've come to push stop. I've come to push stop. I'm telling someone in the Holy Ghost, stop it. I'm telling someone the fear of God, stop it. I'm telling someone humbly, stop it. Jesus, there needs to be repentance in this house right now. I need you to search your heart. God, forgive us. Forgive us for doing it our own way. Come on, I can't hear your voices. You need to, visit your, you need to open your mouth and begin to talk to the Lord all over this house right now.